ever said that I would give you silver or gold, or that you would never feel the fire or shiver in the cold, but I did say you'd never walk through this world alone. And I did say, don't make this world your home. said that fear wouldn't find you in the night or that loneliness was something you never have to fight but I did say I'll be right there by your side and I did say I'll always help you fight Cause you know I made a promise that I intend to keep My grace will be sufficient in every time of need My love will be the anchor that you can hold on to This is the promise, this is the promise said that friends wouldn't turn their backs on you or that the world around you wouldn't see you as a fool but I did say like me you will surely be despised and I did say my ways confound the wise I never said you wouldn't taste the bitter kiss of death or have to walk through chilly Jordan to enter into rest. But I did say I'll be waiting right on the other side. Oh, yes. And I did say I'll dry every tear you cry. Cause you know I made a promise that I prepared a place And someday sooner than you think you'll see me face to face And you'll sing with the angels and the countless multitude This is a promise, this is a promise I made to you
Wasn't that a great song? I mean, we could add amen to that and go home. We don't need the message. That's a message in itself, but we will have a message. But think of all the promises that God gives to us in his word, and we can claim those promises one by one, and we can find God to be faithful every day. Jenny is the blessed sister. She's my cousin. I love her so very much, and she's always ready with a song at the last minute, and she can always come and give a word in song for us. What a blessing it is. Shall we just look to the Lord once again in, in a word of prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, we just are so thankful for this song that Jenny sang. We thank you that you've not promised us an easy life. You've not promised that everything's going to be smooth or is going to be prosperous for us when we get saved. In fact, the opposite is true. You've promised that we're going to have trials and difficulties. Things are going to happen all the time. The enemy is going to attack and buffet us. But we thank you for the peace that you give. And we pray now that you will hide me behind the cross, Lord, and pray that the words that are spoken will be your words and that will be a blessing from heaven. And we just ask, Father, that you will encourage our hearts and challenge our hearts today. We ask this in our Savior's precious and worthy name. How many of you like to go on the computer, on the internet, and read the news? How, oh, good. See, we're in the high-tech age. I got in the habit a while back now, I don't watch the news anymore on, on the TV in the morning. I don't put it on. But I look at the headlines on the internet. And so I did the same thing I usually do, but I got up early yesterday before I came to the church to do some things, and I read this headline. Former Bush spokesperson dies of cancer. And I then clicked on it and went in and found more. And we all have heard, or many of us have heard, that Tony Snow passed away yesterday at the age of 53, just a young person. He died of colon cancer. He served not only in, his, in uh, the present president's administration, but also in his father's administration. He was a news uh, editor for a newspaper. He was a TV commentator. He was a husband and father. But guess what? He was a born-again Christian, too. So when he died, when he left this scene, he went to be with the Lord. And what a comfort that is. And I was so moved by that that the Lord really brought this message that I'm going to give to you today to my mind. Because there was another man who passed into eternity today, yesterday also, and his name is Dr. Michael DeBakey, a famous heart surgeon and cardiologist, a pioneer, one who performed 60,000 60,000 heart operations. The one who inno brought innovation of heart surgery like Sally had and so forth. It's amazing what he did. And yet, he died at an older age, 99 years old. He lived to be 99 years old. And yet, we don't know that he was saved. So on the one hand, you have one person. He died relatively young, 53, which I consider very young because I'm 51. And then on the other hand, you have Dr. DeBakey, who lived a good long life of 99 years, but we see that he didn't know the Lord. Each of them left behind an impact, but only one left an impact for Christ. Only one will we see on the other side when we go to, to be with the Lord in heaven. And so the title of our message today is, Here for a Season, Here for a Reason. Ask yourself this today. Why has God placed me here in this world? What am I here for? What is my purpose in life? 
And if you ask yourself that question and you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, he has not taken you directly to heaven yet because you have a purpose here in this world. You have a mission, a mission to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ and his saving love, to encourage other Christians and to be a blessing. And that's why God has placed us here on this earth. Our life is very short, as we're going to see from the scriptures today. But he's placed us here for a season, for a reason. Turn with me, if you would, this morning to the book of James in the New Testament. James chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. I love the book of James. Some people I don't think like it too much, though, because it's very convicting. James is very convicting. But if you like to be convicted, hopefully you'll be convicted this morning by God's word and by the message, because conviction is good for the soul. We should never shun it. We should never run from it. Yes, conviction is good. So let's read together the book of James, chapter 4, verses 13 to the end of the chapter. Here James says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there. Buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. May God bless the reading of his word. We're going to look at three things from this passage this morning. Number one, life is very short. Number two, life can be wasted. And number three, life should be lived to the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. You don't know, and I don't know, how long our life is going to be. Sometimes we think, oh, I'm going to live a long time. I'm young. I'm, I've got a, years ahead of me. But how do we know? Look at Tony Snow. He thought probably when he was a young man that he was going to be living 70, 80, 90 years, maybe more. But God had another purpose for him. And we can never say that we're guaranteed tomorrow because we do not know who will be left here tomorrow. We also know that the Lord is coming very soon. So whether we go by the way of the rapture, which we hope is going to happen very soon, or we go by the way of death, either way, we're going to enter into glory to be with the Lord forever, if we know him as our Savior. But if we're here and we don't know him in our heart as our Lord and Savior, you don't have that hope. And that's why we hope by the end of this message, when we ask you, you can say, yes, I want to receive Jesus Christ today. I want to know that I'm saved because life is short and he could call us at any time. So let's look at this first point today. Life is very short. If you remember Roland Hill, he lived to be 103 years old. And he was still preaching God's word at the age of 100. It was amazing. And this doctor that I mentioned to you, Dr. DeBakey, lived to be 99 years old. And so sometimes people live long lives. I've heard of people living into their 120s. But even so, compared to eternity, is it really a long life? No. Very, very short. Very short. And notice what James says here. He says, in verse 14, for example, he says, For as you do not know what will happen tomorrow, 
For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. It's like a vapor. It's like on a cold winter's day when you see your breath, and there it is, and there it's gone in an instant. And our life is very short. And what we do for the Lord today is going to determine our blessings for the future and for eternity. The Amplified Version is so good in verse 14, it says, Yet you do not know the least thing about what may happen tomorrow. He says, What is the nature of your life? You are really but a wisp of vapor, a puff of smoke, a mist that is visible for a little while and then disappears into thin air. You know, people come to this world, they're born, they live, they die. So many people die in anonymity today. They don't know. Nobody knows them. Unless you're famous, then you'll appear on the Internet. You'll appear in the newspaper, on TV, or radio. They'll let people know you died if you're famous. But if you're not famous, nobody knows. Nobody cares. But guess what? There's one in heaven that cares. God cares about every single person, his children and those who are not yet his children, those who are not saved. God loves each one. The scripture says that a sparrow cannot even fall to the ground and die without God taking notice of it. And if he cares about sparrows, he cares about you and he cares about me. You say, Lord, you're so busy in the universe. You're the God, the creator, the king of kings and Lord of lords. Do you care about my little life? Do you care about my job, my car, my home, my things? Yes, he does. And he knows all about it. And he loves you and he loves me because he really cares about us. And even though life is very short, eternity, on the other hand, is very long. That's why if we know Christ as our Savior, this is just the beginning. The best is yet to come because we're going to be with him forever. But think about how sobering it is that if you don't know the Lord, your hope is going to be away from the presence of God forever and ever, in a place called hell, in destruction. And that's why it's so important today to make the decision to follow Christ, to accept him into your life. There's really only three days that we need to be caring about. Really only three. You can boil them down to three days in your life. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Three days. Now, yesterday we have no control over. We have done bad things. We have sinned. We have problems and things that we have done over the years. It's under the blood when we're a Christian. And we can't go back and worry about it. So many times I says, well, if I could have just gone back and time and history and just changed everything, i do it all different. But God doesn't give us any do-overs. We can't. But he says, learn from it, grow from it, and don't do it next time. He's so merciful to us. So yesterday is out of our control completely. And also tomorrow is out of our control completely. Oh, we sometimes worry and get agitated. We get troubled. We get bothered. We get so upset about what might happen tomorrow. And usually, guess what? It's never as bad as what we thought it was going to be. And we say, Lord, why did I worry about this? You just took care of it in an instant, and it was taken care of. And here I was worrying about it, pacing the floor. And we've all done it. And yet the Lord says, be anxious for some things, many things, nothing. I mean, he doesn't give us an out there at all. He says, don't be anxious for anything. Yes, tomorrow is outside of our control. The only control we have at all is about today. What we do for the Lord today is what counts. And so God has given us an opportunity to serve him, 
and to be a blessing for him today, while we have today, because we do not know what tomorrow may bring. Moses said in Psalm 90, verses 10 to 12, the days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for soon it will be cut off and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. And then he tells us, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. One day, Jacob stood before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh asked him a question. He says, how old are you, Jacob? And Jacob said this. He says, the days of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have been the years of my life, and they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. Basically, what he was saying was this. In age, I'm 130, but my years have not been easy. And if you read the story of Jacob, you know why his life was not easy. Because he was constantly going against the Lord's plan, doing it his way, going in his own direction. And that's why he said, few and evil have been the years of my life. But I really believe that his end was better than his beginning. And Jacob ended off good because he surrendered finally to the Lord. He had to wrestle with the angel of the Lord to get to that point of just saying, Lord, you take it. You take my life, Lord. You take my job. You take my home. You take everything. It all belongs to you. I just give it over to you. I put it on the altar. Because when we do that, God takes over. Someone once said this. It said, life is so short for us. I have only just a minute, just 60 seconds in it, forced upon me, can't refuse it, didn't seek it, didn't choose it. I must suffer if I lose it, Give account if I abuse it, just a tiny minute, but eternity is in it. You know, think of a minute as being very, very small in the proportion of things, very small. But God says, your life is short, use it for my glory. Because we don't know how much more time we have. Our lives are like an hourglass. Have you ever seen the hourglass where the sand is coming down? And you see the sand coming down, and nobody can stop that sand from coming, can it? It's on its own. It's flowing. And then you can see down at the bottom how much has come, but we don't know how much is left. And that's why God has not told us, well, I'm going to give you 50 years or 70 years or 80 years. Because if we knew how long we were going to live, we would just sit back in a nice chair like this, and we would say, okay, today I'm 51 and I'm not going to die until I'm 80 so I can just relax and sit on my porch and just enjoy it. So God doesn't tell us when. He doesn't tell us when. He didn't tell us exactly when the rapture will be. He didn't tell us when we might die. He wants us to live on the edge of our seats. He wants us to be in expectation that he's going to come at any minute so we can be servants for him. A person once said, the clock of life is wound but once and no man has the power to tell just when the hands will stop at late or early hour. Now is the time you own. Live, love, toil with a will. Place no faith in tomorrow, for the clock may then be still. You know, I have a clock. I bought it, and I thought, this is a really nice clock. And I bought it, brought it home, and it has a very loud tick. Have you ever had a clock like that that ticks very loud so it'll keep you awake if you're a light sleeper? So I put it in my little gym out of the way so I don't have to hear it. But when I go in to do my workouts, 
before I get on the treadmill or bike or whatever, you hear it. It goes tick, tick, very loud, tick, tick. And I was thinking, that's our life. It's ticking away. Are we losing time? Are we losing opportunities to serve the Lord? Because you'll never get them back again. Oh, you may have more days ahead, but you won't get those days back again. Only the Lord gives us the time he wants us to have. He says, use it for my glory, because I can take it away anytime I want to. And so I ask you this morning, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you're hearing this message today, now is the acceptable time, the scripture says. Now is the day of salvation. You don't want to go out those doors today knowing that this could be your last day on earth. You know, we've seen some terrible accidents recently. The other day I was driving to work, and there was a terrible accident on the Crow Canyon Road. And the car flipped over, and two other cars were involved, and they brought fire trucks and ambulances. And I said, this is a terrible accident. And they had people on the side of the road that they were administering the first aid to. I said, this is one of the worst accidents I've seen. That same day, there was another accident, even worse, near Marina Boulevard on 880. Those trucks that were involved, Two men, drivers of those trucks, were burned inside their trucks. They died. Now, they didn't know that morning when they got up to go to work that the day was going to be any different than any other day. But they went into eternity. And really, when you stop to think about it, when you hear about somebody dying, it brings your own mortality into view, especially if it's somebody younger than yourself. You know, we see young people nowadays. And that's why salvation is the most important thing that we do in this life, is to accept Christ as our Savior. If we did nothing else, that's the key thing. Because it reminds us of the story of the thief on the cross. He got saved at the last minute of his life. He cut it short, but he got saved, and he went to be with the Lord. The Lord says, today you shall be with me in paradise. Jeremiah 8.20 says the amazing words, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. Tick, tick, tick. The clock is ticking. It's ticking on us. We don't know. And what else is going? Our hearts are beating, one beat at a time. God could stop the heart at any time. He could stop the brain waves at any time, and we would die. It's only by the grace of God that we're alive. And he's given us one more opportunity to get saved today. Or if we're Christians, one more opportunity to serve him before he comes. You know, Job is, is a great book. If you haven't read Job recently, it's a fantastic book. But in the book of Job, Job talks about how short his life is and how speedy it is. He says, my life is wind. It just blows so fast. And he says, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. And they say that a weaver's shuttle is so fast that it, you just can't distinguish the movement of it. It's, it's like a blur. And don't, sometimes don't we feel like our life is, is going so fast? When I first came to this church, I was only 22 years old. That's a long time. That's a long time. But it feels so short. It feels so short because we're living in this side of eternity. So life, life is a vapor. It's so short. And I love how it says in verse uh, 13, the person that says, come now you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. We have plans and we need to make plans, but we need to keep in mind that our plans have to be in accordance with God's will. Because sometimes God has a different plan. For example, we were going to have today 
the 30th anniversary celebration. It was all planned. We had the music. We had the singers. We had everything lined up and ready to go. God changed the plan. And sometimes you can get frustrated when God changes your plan. But when he changes your plan, it's always for the good. And God allows it to happen for the good. And that's why he says, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Yes, life is so short. So short. Secondly, life can be wasted. Isn't that a sad thing if you have a wasted life? And then you get to stand before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ and the Lord looks at you and you said, well, how do you think your life went? Well, Lord, it could have been better. I wasted time. I wasted my resources. I wasted the opportunities. And God will be merciful to us. We'll still be saved, but we won't get rewarded for those things. Those things that were wood and hay and stubble, those things are going to be burned up. They're not going to be lasting at all. But the gold and the silver and the precious stones will be those things that we did for the Lord that will go rewarded, and we will get rewards for them. And that's why God says, don't waste it. Don't waste a minute of your life. It's really a challenging to me. Challenging to me. It's convicting to me. Have you ever gone by and watched people watering their lawns? Now, we're under very severe restrictions with the water situation and the East Bay mud. Some other areas are not, but we are. And sometimes I'll drive by and I'll see people watering their lawns, right? And the water's running on the pavement. And I feel like saying, what's that number for EV mud? I'm going to call them and report, report them because it's wasting the water. And you see the water running down and going into the sewer and so forth. It's wasting, wasting. Well, it's one thing to waste water. It's one thing to waste that. But it's another thing to waste the life that God has given you because it belongs to the Lord. He controls our, our seconds, our minutes, our hours, our days, our weeks, our months, our years are in his hand. We don't want to waste those moments. I like what St. Augustine said many, many years ago. He said, where your pleasure is, there is your treasure. Where your treasure is, there is your heart. Where your heart is, there is your happiness. I thought that is so true. If you look at people today, you can tell whether their heart's in the world or their heart is in Christ. It's obvious. And we thank God for all those Christians in our assembly whose hearts are in heavenly things. They're, they're serving the Lord. They're busy about growing in their lives. And yet there are some that are sitting on the sidelines wasting time, wasting time. And again, like I said, tick, tick, tick. Time is going by. Let's not waste it. Psalm 39, in Psalm 39, David said this to the Lord. He says, you have made my days as hand breaths. And my age is as nothing before you. He meant that God is eternal and our stay on earth is brief. And we don't want to waste even one minute or one gift that he has given us. We want to use it for his glory. I think about Moses. Moses was a great man of God. He lived to be 120 years old. And it was fantastic, his life that he lived. But of Moses, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than all the treasures of Egypt, for he looked for the reward. 
By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You know, there's no question that sin is pleasurable, but he says it's the passing pleasures of sin. Do you want to go to heaven thinking that you use the passing pleasures of sin instead of God's riches and God's blessings? We don't want that. We don't want that. Time is ticking. Life is short. We don't want to waste a moment of our time. So many Christians would think nothing about it. They would not waste their money. They would not waste their resources. And if somebody gave you free tickets, you'd never waste it, right? You'd go to the play. You'd go to the sporting event. You'd go to whatever event it is to enjoy it. You wouldn't waste it. Why do we waste our time for the Lord? Why do we say, well, I'm too busy to come to church? Well, why are you too busy? Well, I've got a hobby. Hobbies are bad if they come before the Lord. Every hobby that comes before the Lord has to either be cut out or cut down. If it's a good hobby and it's nothing bad, you can have it. But it can't interfere with the Lord's work. It can't interfere with the meeting. You know, I'm a big football fan. I love to watch the games. I love to sit and watch them. But I will not miss church to see any game. Because 100 years from now, is it going to be important whether the Giants won today or not? They're not winning very many games anyway this year. <clears throat> and Jamie's Tides team, the A's, they are not doing too good either this year. And the Warriors, well, we lost there with Baron Davis and all these things. But these things are not really what's important in life. But some people have such an emphasis on them, they can tell you who won this game in this year and, and what the statistics were in that year and everything like that. And it's okay, but don't let it interfere with the Lord's work and the, and the serving of the Lord. Yes, it's never a waste to spend time with the Lord Jesus Christ in prayer. It's never a waste. It's never a waste to spend time in his word, meditating on his words. never a waste. It's never a waste to help people and to serve people and give them the gospel. Never a waste. I think about Martha and Mary. Martha, on one hand, was so busy, and she was so bothered about serving, and she said, Lord, tell my sister Mary to come and help me in the kitchen. And the Lord just says, Martha, 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 you're worried and troubled about so many things, but there's really only one thing that's really important, and Mary has chosen that part. I would like to think that Martha would have taken off her apron and sat down at Jesus' feet with her sister. That's what I'd like to think that she would have done because that would be the only way that she could really be happy, sitting at the feet of Jesus. There'll be time to cook the meal. There'll be time to do things. And we need to do things. We have to work to make a living. We have to do things. We have to take care of the kids. We have to take care of the house. We have to go to school. We have many responsibilities. But the Lord has to come first. Otherwise, it's a waste. It's a waste. There was a song that was sung many years ago, wasted years, wasted years, oh, how foolish. And one day, if we waste our years and we get to be at the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to say, why, Lord? We're going to regret the things that we could have done for the Lord. And the Lord was going to show us. He says, look, Dean, here is a reward I had for you if you would have been faithful in that, if you would have taken the opportunity to serve me. I had it for you but I can't give it to you because you didn't do it. May the Lord help us not to be wasteful in the kingdom of God. So we see life is very short, number one. And number two, life can be wasted. It doesn't have to be, but it can be wasted. And third, life should be lived 
for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you ever think that life is an investment? Now, we have some investment people in our church. Carl's an investment. Different people, are uh, Barbara, they do investments and things. And it's very good to make an investment. How many of us want to make an investment and lose all our money? No. doesn't make any sense. We're losing enough on our 401ks as it is with the stock market. We don't want to just waste, waste it that way. You don't want to do that. What you want to do is you want to invest in something that's low in price that's going to go up in price. That's the supply and demand. That's the marketplace in economics. You buy low and sell high, right? So you make a profit. The Lord says in the Christian life, it's similar. You want to invest in the kingdom. But we, don't in, we invest our money, yes. We invest our time, yes. We invest our, our uh, resources, yes. And praise be to God that when we make that investment in the bank of heaven, it'll be there for us. And we won't lose a thing. You know, you sign on the computer. I'm going to see how much money today I have in my 401k. I don't recommend this, by the way. Don't try this at home. Because you're going to see it's going down and down and down. It'll come back up. But investment in heaven goes up and up and up. And it doesn't go down at all. And it's reserved in heaven for us. Jesus said that. He said we can invest in things that do not pass away. And then life is not only an investment, but it's a race. Life is a race. You know, a lot of our athletes are getting ready to go to Beijing, China. And they're going to swim. They're going to play volleyball. They're going to run. They're going to do all the sports there, gymnastics. We love to watch them. And you know, they spend hours practicing and performing these things to get ready for the Olympics. Years go by. And sometimes, after years of practice and all that investment, and all that money and time and effort, they get injured. They get injured. And sometimes they get injured to the point where they can't go back in four years because they'll be unable to perform. They had the moment, that one golden moment, that one golden opportunity, and they had it and they couldn't do it. They fell during the race. They went off the, the uh, diving board and it didn't work and they're out. It happens. It happens. And they get discouraged so much. But in the Christian life, when we invest for the Lord and we run for him, it will be a great thing. He will bless us so much. Bill McDonald once said, lifetime is training time for reigning time. We're going to win an imperishable reward, not a perishable one like they have here. If they give you those perishable wreaths like they did in Rome, the athletes would put it on their head and pretty soon it would wither away and disintegrate. That's your prize after all the training and effort and everything like that? Withering wreaths. That's all it would be. But when we serve the Lord, we're going to get crowns that will never pass away. Things that are going to be a blessing for the glory of God. And that's why God created us, to glorify Him. It says in the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. I like that verse because I like to eat. And I say, eat to the glory of God. Drink to the glory of God. Do everything to the glory of God. If we do that, we can be thankful and content because we're doing it to the glory of God. And everyone around us will see the difference that we are doing things for God and not just for the, for the boss. You know, there's scriptures in, he, in Ephesians and in Colossians that tell us that don't do things with eye service as men pleasers, but do things from the heart. Do it for the Lord. And when we do that, the Lord will be blessed. 
Someone once said, only what's done for Christ will last. It says, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Think about that. When we get into eternity, will it really matter how much money we made? Will it really matter how many cars we had? Homes we had, 401ks, or money. None of that will matter whatsoever, will it? In 100 years from now, when we're in, with, in eternity with the Lord, it won't mean a single thing. And yet, what do we do? We put so much attention on it, so much emphasis on these earthly things. And the Lord has to remind me what's really important. Tony Snow, 51, passed into eternity. Uh, 53, I should say, passed into eternity. We don't know. The clock is ticking. Tick, tick, tick. Let's remember, life is short. We can waste it or we can use it. You know, Tony Snow wrote an article, and it's found in the Christianity Today magazine, not the recent one, but for a couple years ago, and it says, we don't know much, but we know this. No matter where we are, no matter what we do, no matter how bleak or frightening our prospects, and here's a man facing cancer. He says, each and every one of us, each and every day, lies in the same safe and impregnable place in the hollow of God's hand. What a place to be, in the hollow of God's hand. He's got us in protection. He's got us in security. He's there for us, and he's going to be with us. And that's why James can truly say, instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. Yes, any other boasting is not going to work. He says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. May the Lord help us to realize that our lives are in his hands. Life is short. We don't have any guarantees of tomorrow. Yesterday's past, tomorrow's ahead, we have today. Let us live for Christ today. Let us use our time, our efforts, and our resources to serve the Lord because we don't know how much longer we have. The Lord may come very soon. I know Sylvia has been teaching us a lot recently on the book of Revelation, and I went on to the computer this morning and I saw Israel's peace is nearer than ever before. I said, yes, okay. <laughs> I don't think so, but it just means that the Lord is going to come because the Antichrist during the tribulation is going to make it, oh, it's all peace, the Jews and the Arabs sitting down together. And our friend Javier Solana that we talked about, he's in that article too. It's amazing. The Lord is coming soon, very soon. Let's not waste our time. Let's not waste our talent. Let's not waste our treasures for the Lord. Let's use them for his glory so that we can be fruitful saints. We can be productive. We can be useful for him. Because when we get home to glory, that's all that's going to really matter. And I'd like to encourage you today, if you're not a Christian, if you haven't received the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, that accept him today because the clock is ticking. Tick, tick, tick. And you don't know when the clock is going to stop, when your heart's going to stop. It might be today. Let's not let time run out on us. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the challenge of your word. We're sobered by the fact that so many people today will go into eternity. People in India and China and the United States and England and countries throughout South America, Lord, people are dying. Many of them are dying without Christ. The clock for them has ended. Their chance has ended. But Lord, for anyone here who's not saved, it hasn't ended yet. Their chance is still available. And we pray that they will come forward today and ask you into their life, Lord Jesus, to be their Savior, to forgive their sins and to change their lives. 
And we pray for those who are saved here today, Lord, that you'll help us not to waste our opportunities, but to use them because time is short. Help us to glorify you in everything that we do. Help us to be thankful. Help us not to get worried or troubled about what may happen in the future because it's all in your hands, Lord. You're in control and we leave it in, in your care. And we thank you now and praise you in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.